Yeah, I just went and opened a new bottle. One second. <laughs> He's pulling it out of his backpack. <laughs> Yeah, his backpacks. Uh, welcome to another episode of Podjiba, the Pajiba Television Podcast. I'm Pajiba comedy editor Dan Hamamura. With me, as always, our Pajaba TV editor, Tori Preston. Hello, Dan. Hello, Tori. And the scat man himself, Dustin Rolls. Hello, Dan. I meant, I, it's actually a typo. I meant to say the scat man, and I'll tell you why. That popped in my head. Mm-hmm. We have, an, I'm going to say it quietly so it doesn't go off. We have an Alexa. And earlier <laughs> today, we said, play uh, Minneapolis Public Radio, because we wanted to hear what was going on after the trial. Mm-hmm. Right. And every single time we said, play Minneapolis Public Radio, it played the Scatman song. And it was like, what is going on? <laughs> Very different mood, Alexa. Very yes. different mood. Did so, you try uh, saying seriously, play <laughs> Minneapolis Public Radio? Because I hear that will get some sort of response. Maybe. So to the rest of you, try asking your thing. Um, to play Minneapolis Public Radio and see what happens. I don't know if it was just ours that does that or if it's like a whole thing. I feel like your uh, device has learned certain uh, certain habits that you've taught. You've taught it. It might. It might be. My uh, <laughs> son is obsessed with uh, the Scatman. Mm-hmm. Really? I, he I, he got really into like the his history and like. Uh, I don't know, the whole scat movement. Oh. Just as, just as you know, like, uh, he likes useless information. <laughs> well, uh, we, we've got a whole podcast full of that for you tonight. So. Full of scat. <laughs> full of, uh, well, you know, well, we'll see about that, but definitely the useless information part. Is scat, um, it's, oh, man. Anyway. Be-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> uh, God. It's going to be like that all, all episode. He's going he's gonna to uh, say that all the time. The best part is that we have so many shows that we are trying to, we, we promised that we would uh, get through them at a reasonable amount of time. Um, but first, very quickly, what is everyone drinking? Um, Dustin, since you went to refill, what, what, oh, what's I'm, the second I just, bottle? When I refilled, I finished off that um, margarita. Uh, like I bought one of those giant, I think it's like a gallon of margarita. What? But Where? You know that, I don't know it at the grocery store. You know, you get the pre-mixed margarita mix. A gallon of it? It's a ton, yeah. And wow. uh, this is, I think this is my third podcast in a row. And yeah, I finally finished it. Wait, it you, but you've... it doesn't have the alcohol in it. So it's like mix and then you mix it. No, no, it has the mix with it. It has oh. the tequila in it. Yeah. Wait, you finished a gallon of margarita in three nights? Guess so. Wow, I'm impressed. Sounds like a lot. <laughs> yeah, it well, does, right? Maybe not. Yeah, it's like two big glasses know. each night. Yeah, but you're talking like pint glasses, right? Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, there you go. 
Well, congratulations, Dustin. Thank you. Finishing your margarita. Uh, Tori, what about you? <laughs> um, I finished a bottle of one wine that I had a little bit left of, and now I've moved on to Apothic Inferno, the whiskey barrel one. I, I found oh, a bottle okay. of it, and I was like, all right, I'll do that again. Um, but I will say, I for a while, I, I had, as you guys may remember, I had the tequila and whiskey, and I was drinking all... I, I had a good month or so of just liquors, and then I was buying like mixers for it and everything like that. Um, and I have decided I need to go back to wine. <laughs> I need to stop having bottles of tequila and whiskey in my house. Cause when they're uh, there, you're just like, I should just have one. I, I should just have another glass. You, you know, I, you know, I, that's not how, uh, part of how you get a magical whiskey cabinet, Tori, is that you don't actually drink it most of the time. No, that's true. Oh, well, I, then I should stop leaving it on the counter and put it back in a cabinet, right? Is that? Mm-hmm. That does help. Okay. I feel like okay. it, I can have like a little vodka or a little liquor, but if it's a bottle of wine, I just open it and I drink the whole thing. Oh. No, I can, I can have like a glass of wine and put it away. Mm, I cannot. But when I'm like, oh, when it's like, when I'm adding like fancy soda and putting a lime in it and like making a whole cocktail and I'm like, this is delicious. And then... <laughs> And then I keep then I keep topping it off. I keep like, oh, I'm just gonna add a little bit more, a little bit more. It's like anyway. the uh, it's like the you, you eat cereal and you have milk left, so you got to add more cereal, and then you need more milk, and then right. you eat more cereal, and then there's still milk left, so you add. And it keeps going. I get right. It. Um, as for me, still not drinking because it is still light out uh, in this time zone. Um, but next week it'll be back, so don't worry. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so many, many shows to get to. Uh, no time for transitions. Uh, the first one is apparently... Apparently we're talking about Kung Fu again. Um, ooh, ooh, yeah. I like that. I don't, yeah, let's I, talk about Kung Fu. It's a wonderful a, show. Do we have a... We don't have a title for this segment. Just, uh, I'm going to call it Kung Fu Corner. Okay, Kung Fu Corner. <laughs> yes. Uh, Tori's Kung Fu Corner. We're going to do it every week, Dan. Every uh, single week. Even though As, you don't watch it, apparently. It's too bad. Um, it's look. It's just. Uh, it's there. There. I didn't. You know what? I, I. I will say this. I don't know that I watched it or not. I won't comment. But I can't comment on whether I've watched it or not. That's that's vague. That's nice. That's weird. But okay. <laughs> anyway, so anyway. I'm not sure if you're aware, Dan, because you won't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the second episode aired last week, and it was a pretty yes. standard second episode. Uh, but. While watching it, it was the first episode that my husband watched with me, and I was all, and so I'm, as we're watching it, I'm trying to explain what's going on, so I'm like, you know, Nikki was in China for three years at, like, a, at a temple, and she was learning Kung Fu, and then her master died, and now she's looking for a sword, and there was a woman named Jalan, and, and she comes back, and, and then there's, like, also, she's just hanging out with her family and saving San Francisco, and it's, like, there's, like, a lot going on, man, and, like, it's hard to explain, and also, that guy's the, the love interest, like, the mm-hmm. one scene that Henry's in. Right. Um... And he immediately goes, oh, yeah, he's going to be evil. <laughs> and let me tell you, I, I love my husband. But if he wasn't sitting on the other side of the couch, I would have slapped him. Because I don't appreciate people talking about Henry that way. Mm-hmm. I don't care. There's nothing evil looking about no, him at all. He, no, he is a the perfect little cinnamon. has the, an evil look about him. Well, he's white. Um, no, 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 well, no. He no, looks no, like Matthew Morris. No. 
No, no, not 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 him. The fiance of the sister. Oh no, he's an athlete. Um, I think I'm no, I'm getting a sinister vibe from him. <laughs> he was in one scene. <laughs> I still still. No, uh, no. Juan, Juan's theory is that you know Henry's a little too good to be true, and he okay, is, he's so. interested in all this lore. So like right. maybe he's you know. Um, oh, that does make sense. Yeah, and and you know, and there's got to be some twist there. Uh, so I just kind of wanted to throw that out in case you know either one of you might have some interesting insights. I don't. Not me. Not well, you. <laughs> Hmm. I mean, I'm just as uh, I'm just in in dark as you. This is the first I've heard of this, and it's very hmm. it's a, it's a it's a fascinating theory. Uh, and I'm sure you will you will see if you are right or if Juan was right within the next eleven episodes. Well, if Juan was right, we're gonna have some marital issues. <laughs> I need him to be wrong, like in a, in most areas, but like in particular <laughs> about Henry. So what you were saying, Corey, is that your your marriage is potentially uh, uh, the, the the health of your marriage is partially uh, contingent on Henry remaining a good guy. Right. I'm not saying like divorce is on the right. table, but I'm saying like you know a mild rough patch. Um, mm-hmm. So if somebody could just like slide a note to the <laughs> to the showrunners uh, as they work on the finale, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if if anyone listening. <clears throat> could possibly uh, put in a good word, but I mean that would be crazy if, be if crazy. someone yeah. if we right? had like a direct line to that. If, that yeah, would... it'd be totally nuts, huh? Just imagine. Anyway, um, so anyway, I love kung fu. That's that's the some, kung fu corner. There were some aphorisms in this episode that really uh, I found comforting this week. Just like I did. I don't know. They spoke to me in a way this week that was um, about fear and uh, uh, it being the wrong path. I, I don't know. It just, uh, I, I really did. I'm not being sarcastic or anything. It's like really helpful. It was actually very way. comforting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And oh, it's true. Great. It's terrible decision making when you're scared. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't do you any good to be scared. I also found a lot of comfort in Nikki's dad. Just just being oh, there. Yeah, always, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just being incredibly sweet. Um, I like how you root for Nikki almost all the time, except when she hurts her dad's feelings. Because then you're like, you are a fucking monster. <laughs> Although that game they're playing makes no sense. I don't know. They're just randomly putting down things. It's not. I don't, <laughs> I don't get it. It's a, um, no, it's a game. I, yeah. Well, I... Sure. It doesn't look like anything to me. <laughs> maybe we should, we could, I'm sure we could learn. Uh, yeah, maybe. And it's... it's like checkers, but without any squares. Well, I, I think it was just, you didn't really see a good shot of the board, but there is. Maybe. There are squares. It's more like intersecting lines. I think you put them on points, yeah. Yeah, it's like the... Oh, where the lines intersect are points. It looked very complicated, and the fact that it takes days to play. Well, it's, yeah. Lots of games do. Risk? Mm. Probably. <laughs> I don't know. I never, I never finished Risk. I played Settlers on the of Catan. Oh, Settlers I love Catan. Catan is the best. 
It can take quite a while. It's just like that, only you've got some points (laughs) on a board. (laughs) You just put... um, Wow, Dustin. (laughs) Wow. Anyway, that's that's probably enough for Kung Fu. Um, On the CW, Wednesday nights at... 8 p.m., I think. And for free, the day after, on the CW app. There will be commercials, although, to be Six fair. Six commercial breaks. But the commercials are mostly for Kung Fu. <laughs> that <laughs> so was weird. That was, was totally great. weird. I was like, what? <laughs> it was really relaxing. It was like you get to see, like, it was a nice refresher from the pilot and, like, some yes. scenes for what's coming up. And, mm-hmm. yeah. So I that, didn't that, mind the breaks. That does remind me, for some reason, uh, the, uh, what was that show? Empire? When that show was first coming out, it was being advertised nonstop on some random site I was watching TV. Like it was like I think it was like Crunchyroll. Like I was watching anime, and <laughs> but like I didn't have a paid account, so I was so it had commercial breaks. But every break was the same Empire commercial. So and the show hadn't come out yet, so I was like, I'm never watching that show because I've seen this commercial a million times. Uh, and then it was a big hit, but That's... I still haven't watched it. That's why I hate Daniel Day-Lewis, because I watched the Last of the Mohicans trailer too much when I was a kid. Oh, wow. That's a really <laughs> um, good movie. Yeah, but I watched that. It was just the trailer, and it would get to that waterfall scene where he's like, I will find you. And now I like, like cannot take him seriously, because all why? I hear, you know, he's like, I will find you. <laughs> right. He's like, but why were you watching the, the trailer so much? Because it was on every, like for a year and a half, it was on every VHS tape I rented. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So you go to the store, and so it was like in theaters, oh, and then right. it was on home video. So you had this mm-hmm. whole window where the same trailer would pop up on all the VHS tapes. Mm-hmm. I forgot um, about that. Oh, how weird was that? It was really weird. And for some, and like, I just, it was like peak time for that happening. Was when <laughs> Last of Mohicans And you came just out. never fast forwarded through it. And if you rented you know like Dan? an old movie, you would get trailers <laughs> for movies that have been out for years. Oh, that was so weird. It was weird. Yeah. Um, so anyway... I can't, I don't, I can't. But you take. get it, is the point. <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis. Did you guys remember yeah. the, the, the VHS box for Frankenhooker? No. 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 Not Frankenweenie? No, it was Frankenhooker. Uh, I'm sorry, I, it might have been from the same guy that did Reanimator? Oh, okay. Maybe. Anyway, they had a box, and you'd push a button, and it would say, do me, do me, do me. <laughs> <laughs> on the box. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you had best. this box, I'm assuming. No, you just go to the video store and you push it every time you go. Right, but you, you went and you stole it from, from the video store. I didn't steal it. I would not take that joy away from other people. Oh. But you were well, part of the reason why the button stopped working on the video store's box, Maybe. right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we get it. We get it. Uh, well, <laughs> from... From Dustin's small town crime to a show about small town crime that only Dustin's watch. Uh, Mayor of Easttown premiered what? on HBO last, or well, this past Sunday. And uh, Dustin, you're the only one who's watched it, so all I know <laughs> is uh, uh, Kate Winslet is a detective and someone dies, and now it's a sad small town murder mystery. I like that. Dan also on our agenda literally wrote a Dustin only show. <laughs> <laughs> you basically gave the whole thing away right there. 
Oh, okay, good. So we don't have to talk about it anymore. Yeah, is there anything else to say? No, what's the, uh, what's, is there, yeah, is there a hook? Well, like, what's, what's, uh, <laughs> no, I is there what's a exciting about it? <laughs> not really a hook. I mean, there's a, it's a very sad, very bleak, very grim show. Uh, mm-hmm. Kate Winslet uh, plays a very sad, very bleak, very grim uh, detective in a very sad, very bleak uh, small town in Pennsylvania. And uh, there's a, she is, she was a high school basketball star who made a shot that like won maybe a state championship and it's like uh, it's like the biggest thing in the town although she's like now like this cop who's like lost her son and raising the grandson i believe and her husband is uh uh, uh david denman from the office her ex-husband who lives next door and like her mother is um oh god um the best uh designing woman what's her name delta burke yeah no no the best the best one from designing woman I only remember Delta Burke. No, yeah, no, no, no. Dan, help me out here. From, uh, from uh, the Swoozy Kurtz? Jean Smart. Oh, Jean Smart. Wait, yeah, she yeah. was on Designing Women? Why of all the shows would you think... She was in Watchmen. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you go straight? <laughs> I don't know, because she's always from Designing Women to be. <laughs> she's in so much. Oh, I was thinking of Annie Potts, not... Uh... Oh, she was great, too. Oh. Designing Women, cast. everyone was great. Yes. Um, By the way, I yeah. think it's on Hulu, uh, if people want to watch it. Designing, Designing Women. Designing Women? I think so. Anyway, sorry. And then, uh, what's her name? Julianne Nichols is in it as, like, a best friend, and she's amazing. Um, anyway, and at the end... So, oh, oh, yeah, so, like, a mother lost her daughter a year ago... And Detective Kate Winslet has been searching for this uh, woman and can't find it and has run out of leads. And then at the end of the show, uh, another woman is found dead. And there's probably a connection, but I don't... And it, it's a murder mystery, but I think it's going to be more about grief and trauma and all of that stuff. It's just a really sad show. It's a very British detective show. Well, it sounds a lot like... I mean, not... Not in terms of plot, but the way that you're describing it sound, sounds like Broadchurch. Yeah. Or kind of reminds me yeah, of that. Broadchurch so. or uh, Collateral reminded me of that mm-hmm. with the Carrie Mulligan one. So, like, on a scale of zero to Olivia Coleman, how <laughs> is Kate Winslet? Oh, she's going to win the Emmy. She's really good because she, like, you know, she she doesn't, she wears, like, a frumpy coat and uh, looks, you know, doesn't wear a lot of makeup, but she still looks like Kate Winslet. So she looks outstanding, but still um, she's just like, uh, just beat down and like, like back. You could just feel all the baggage of 25 years on her shoulders. She's really good. But not like Olivia Coleman. Good. Well, well, Olivia Coleman and what? In, I mean, in literally anything, but especially Broadchurch. <laughs> I think she's I think she's up there with Olivia Coleman and Broadchurch. I honestly do. Winslet's really good. And this is not not a typical Winslet role. Yeah. So you're saying watch it. Uh no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> no it's recommendations. A- no, it's well, a yeah, really good show, and to... I will continue to watch it. But if you don't want to see something bleak and grim and, and, and that will make you feel 
terrible, then don't watch it. Well, right. I was sort of curious because I heard Evan Peters is going to join, but also He's I really gonna like... going to be next week. I yeah, really like this being a Dustin-only show. Like Manifest. Sure, but Evan <laughs> Peters is not going to convince you to come in, is it? Uh, I mean, not unless they prove that he's a mutant. No, no. I think he's like uh, the, the big city uh, guy, cop, that comes in to help out. I mean, that is... Guy, he, he would be really good in that role. Mm-hmm. I guy like Pierce Peters. is in it, though. And he plays like the, uh, the novelist turned uh, college professor down on his luck who's like sleeping with... Uh, Kate Winslet's detective character. Hmm. Hmm. It's, well, it's good. I mean, it's going to win all the award, uh, awards, and that's what it's right. designed to do. It's very much like Sharp Objects, although I think hopefully much better, because Sharp Objects kind of lost the plot there. Yeah. Well, I hope you continue to tell us what happens. Well, I'll check back in on the finale. I don't think I want to... <laughs> Burden you with it every week. <laughs> um, oh, speaking of finales. Ooh. Oh, thank you, Tori. Transition. Well, well done. Uh, so, Made for Love ended last week with it, its yes. final two episodes. So, they kind of blasted through all the episodes in three weeks. Um, and it was, I really enjoyed the show. Some of the choices were a little odd. Um, but the mm-hmm, main thing mm-hmm. to know is that. She succeeded in, Hazel succeeded in getting a divorce from Mm -hmm. Byron. Byron turns out not to be his real name. Um, But in their convert, their like final face-to-face like conversation, um, he clues her into the fact that her dad has cancer, which Mm -hmm. we all knew the show was, was telegraphing it so hard the entire time. And Hazel like didn't figure it out. Um, So I feel bad because I didn't figure it out either. (laughs) I should have. Well, I mean, Ray Romano's like, yo, I won't always be around, kid. It's like, you're dying. <laughs> well, but no, but but he said that, right? Someone yeah, li- someone called him out on it earlier. Wasn't it? Yeah, the, but the unlike the nun? seventh episode. Yeah. Yeah, the nun did. Was it that late? Until, I, well, I thought it was, it was the finale. <laughs> I swear, I swear we learned it earlier. Anyway, sorry. Continue. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No. Um, but anyway, so she finds out and so... The deal that Byron makes is essentially like, we have all the medical staff in the hub. Mm-hmm. We can move your dad to the hub and save his life. Right. But you have to come back, too. So she gets a divorce, but then ends up basically doing to her dad what was done to her, which is just the she removes his agency. She, like, drugs him, has him carted off, and then put into a cube that simulates his home. Right. So he doesn't realize he's in the hub, and he's living out his days in the hub. Right. And Hazel is now stuck there, too. So uh, I don't really know what that says. And I don't know if there's <laughs> going to be another season. Uh, I feel like that says we want another season. I would like another season. I well, also I think I would, too. Yeah. Ray Romano I, is wonderful. I, I really want to see how his relationship works out with his um, girlfriend. Well... <laughs> with it, with his doll. Uh-huh. Uh, but I also really appreciated sort of the... I mean, Byron still was a very two-dimensional character, but there was something... The, the like, tiny baby steps of growth that he had in the finale 
that right. Hazel he, pushed him toward, and what? Yeah, when he had an awkward orgasm in a diner, just <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> it was such a good scene. <laughs> um, no touching. It was not like sex. It was just a, yeah. a man, a very repressed man, having a spontaneous orgasm in a diner. It happens. Eh, it happens. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm just very fascinated by his character, and then the fact that like something in him draws him to Hazel. But I'm not sure. I, I feel like the show had a lot to say about relationships. And, and I think it did say quite a bit about what a healthy relationship should be by showing all the things that it shouldn't be. Right. But I also don't feel like the finale <laughs> really wrapped it all up. <laughs> so I hope right. it gets yeah, more. Yeah, the, the finale felt like... I, I, I think you're right. That it, I mean, the, that final twist is very much feels very much like a like you know oh where could season two go um, yeah it will and, and if it was the end it's a backslide like that's just such a that's such it's a, a very yeah it's a very sad way to end yeah um uh but yeah overall i mean i still really liked it i like Kristen Milioti as a lead um she's super fun to watch um and i didn't mind that Byron was relatively two-dimensional because of that, I think. Um, yeah. Because I was, I, I was thinking about that, and I was thinking, like, oh, he has this interesting backstory, and, like, part of me thought, oh, it would be fun to get to explore that. But then, you know, doing that would, would mean taking away from her story um, in a way that I don't think would have been, uh, you know. Like, like I, I don't think I, I, I'm glad that they made the choice that they made. Right. Um, to really center it around her. But um, I also, I think they sort of addressed it in an interesting way in that last, in the diner mm-hmm. scene when they kind of, admit, like, they kind of are able to verbalize, like, what the issue is between them. And it's that, um, and it was just a really good kind of way to pin the show, which was, like, Byron was afraid of, of having, being vulnerable in any way. Right. Not just with her, but, like, in life. Right. But it meant that in the relationship, she was the one who had to be vulnerable. She was the only one with any vulnerability. Right. And right. so, like, his two-dimensionality is sort of explained by that. It's like, yeah, you're not going to get any depth because he's never risking anything of himself. Right. And so he's suddenly more interesting the one, you know, oddly, when he's having a weird spontaneous orgasm in a diner because it's the first moment of vulnerability he's allowed. Right. Um, um, there was also, I, I still was the, throughout the, the show, even through like the finale, there were still like moments where I was trying to figure out the, the tone would jump in ways that I enjoyed, but every, like everyone, so like when it, when it got kind of goofy with its humor, then I would be like, oh, that's weird. And like, I'm enjoying this moment but it feels like like it's like it, all of a sudden it feels like a comedy or like a, a broader comedy than the rest of the show and then it kind of right jumps every back moment the... with dan beckadal is that how you say his name uh Bacadal? i don't know close Bacadal, anyway. yeah. uh yeah so like but but in with his stuff even like at least with the violence it kind of i don't know something about about like the 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 shock of the violence balance that out for me. Right. Um, but when it became more like just, uh, when Byron and his, I'm 
blanking on the other assistant's name, but when Byron oh. and the assistant from the show that, that Dustin loved. Bennett? Uh, is that his name? I think so. Something like that. Okay. Like when they're out in the world and they're, you know, having like weird adventures. I was like, oh, this is, I mean, again, it makes sense in context because he lives his whole life in the hub and he's this very closed off weird guy. Um, but I, it almost felt like a different show. Um, yeah. Well, and part of that was just because I think like you're like, we're, we're mo- the show is most comfortable when it's focused on Hazel. Right. And it needed to show you what was going on with Byron, but it always felt very jarring. Mm-hmm. And part of that was it's it's a shift of tone because it's like fish out of water as opposed to like just existential crisis. <laughs> right. But I don't know. But I would agree that it definitely jumped all over. But overall, would watch season two if there's a season two. Definitely. I would like there to be a season two. Please don't <laughs> let it end. I don't, I, yeah, I, not many people are talking about it, so I don't know. I know. And I don't, I haven't read the the book that it's based on, so I don't oh, know. Oh, I didn't like, even know it was based on a book. Yeah, uh, it's based on, well, I think a graphic novel. So um, I don't know how it ends. <laughs> Me neither. But uh, anyway, Made for Love. Uh, it's all there now on HBO Max for you to watch if you want to watch the whole thing. Um, oh, actually, here's a sorry before we before we leave it, Tori. What was your how how did you feel about the way that they released it, where they did the three episodes, three episodes, and then two for the last two? I so I liked it because I feel like it's a show that benefits from kind of like I don't need to binge a whole season, mm-hmm. but I liked having a couple of episodes at a time. Yeah. To consume because you just you get involved and they're fairly short. And and so I didn't mind it. I do worry. And I know it's not the first time that HBO Max has released a show that way, mm-hmm. but it very much feels like a, a, a it feels like a, a, a sign, a lack of confidence or like mm-hmm. a, that they're not invested in it because it's oh, you, know, you're not building the same it up thing with flight attendant. Right, and so and that's why I'm like, it, it, it probably isn't that, because they did it with Search Party, they did it with, they've done it with other shows. Right. But it's so weird to me, because I'm used to shows coming out all at once, or once a week, or, you know, right. maybe the first week they put out a couple episodes, but after right, that... Right, to get weekly. you to, like, the first big cliffhanger. Right. Something. And so the idea of taking eight episodes of a show, or whatever, and and, and airing it, like... In three weeks. <laughs> right. Like, like that, that definitely, at least in the, in the old way of TV, feels like a burn-off. Right. It feels like a burn-off. And I know mm. it doesn't mean that it is, but I'm still having a hard time. Like, I enjoy it as a viewer, but it definitely, right. you also end up with that thing where there isn't enough, there, there's no buzz behind it. So it, there was no, there's no week-to-week kind of build. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It was, it I, it was as a as a viewer, I enjoyed it because I don't. I'm not patient, but I also <laughs> sort of. I can't help but feel like it's doing the show a disservice. Right. But I might just yeah, it just might be I'm too old fashioned. What did you Quite think, possibly. Dan? Uh, no, I I have I have kind of like the similar feeling where it it worries me because um, 
And I mean, it, it's a it, it's also a worry that comes with shows that are uh, that you can binge right away. Um, where you know you watch the you're so excited you watch the whole thing in a weekend and then it's over and then you never talk about it. Yeah. Um, so it unless something catches fire, uh, it it feels like it just kind of disappears. Um, but I do think that uh, at least yeah with HBO Max they've shown that this is a model that they will follow so it doesn't it doesn't mean anything for them um right seems like they just do it for like lighter shows though they didn't do that with uh raised by wolves Mm, that's the only hour i can think i think they did three and then one uh one a week after that i think that was a very serious show though yeah it was silly, seriously silly, but sometimes good. Oh, 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 I just want to mention, uh, I haven't finished it yet, uh, but it came out on Amazon Prime. It's called Frank in Ireland, and I watched the first two episodes, and holy shit, holy shit, I've never laughed so much. You liked it? I Yay. did. I loved it. So this is the one with the Gleason brothers. Yes. It is so fucking funny. Yeah. And I cannot wait to watch the rest of it but they don't play brothers in the show right they're friends or do you find out that they're brothers uh i think that they are brothers i don't actually know they're so close that they could be brothers or friends i don't know Hmm. no yeah yeah i don't remember but they're so good together damo gleason is named doofus yes (laughs) (laughs) all right uh, something to watch. Um, yeah, I, will, I, I will, when I finish it, we'll talk about it. All right. I'm very excited. Um, um, so also on HBO Max, but what is not <laughs> being released in some weird janky three-week format. Right, but this is actually HBO, right? I guess it is. Did we ever I figure that out? I, it actually is an HBO show. I am, I am it is. fairly right. certain. It's just that um, none of us watch cable. We right. only have the app. Uh, sorry, I cut you off during your segue. No, that was fine. That was all the segue. I'm just trying to help, man. I appreciate it because I am off today. The Nevers. The Nevers. Uh, episode 2 was out on Sunday. Uh, there was more... Um, I know, Dustin, someone got mad at you for saying Victorian X-Men, but or Steampunk X-Men, whatever term you use in your review, but we also... Why would they be mad at me for that? Did they get mad at you? So there was someone who was like, why are you referring to it? I don't know. Maybe it seemed reductive, but I use that term, so I will stand by it. Um, it literally is. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. We find out in this episode that, well, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but the powers of... Um, Malady, like she, she, if you hit her enough, she w- holds the kinetic energy and, and, and blasts it back. Right. 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 Which is literally Sebastian um, Shaw or whatever. Like that's the bad guy <laughs> of the X-Men, like Kevin Bacon in first class, mm. <laughs> like all their power, like it's X-Men. <laughs> it very much is. And like to have like Olivia Williams play, I think both Professor X and Magneto in a way. That is the one weird thing because I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure where they're going with with that because I because yeah. actually the weird thing Magneto I don't think Magneto would would have been experimenting 
on... But Magneto was a bad guy before he was a good guy, right? Well, no. He was no. a good guy before a bad guy. Yeah, so was it was differing... Bad. Okay. Yeah, I mean, other than the fact that he started the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, which was mostly a branding problem, um, <laughs> it was originally patterned on... Um, he was he was supposed to be the Malcolm X character to mm-hmm. uh, Professor X being Martin Luther King. Oh, oh! I so it was more that. about like two different ideologies for how to approach like guys. prejudice. Yeah. yeah, right. And he wouldn't he wouldn't have been exper- uh, experimenting on uh, well the touched. Yeah, he wouldn't have been uh, funding a doctor to dissect and lobotomize. Right. I see. Okay. Um, so it does make it a little awkward, but also theoretically, Professor X wouldn't either. Although he also was kind of an asshole. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, sh- her character is a little bit awkward, but like, yeah, I don't. I I I I feel like I shouldn't, but I really am enjoying the show, and I feel a little guilty about it, but it's, I kind of like it a lot. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, oh, what's his name, uh, has brand Stark powers. Um, he can... Oh, turn can into... Oh, the crow? Oh, crow. yeah, the, the, the Chalamet? Yeah. Yeah, what's his, Augie? That's his name. I couldn't remember. I can't remember any of their names. I'm sorry. There's, uh, Amalia True and Penance Adair. Yeah, True oh, and, and Adair. Uh, Lavinia Bigelow? Bridlow? Bridlow? Bridgelow? Briglow? Yeah. Terrible names, just the worst. Hugo Swan. Oh my god. Okay, no, that name is amazing. I love him. <laughs> I love him. Um, yeah, I don't. I I'm enjoying it, but same. Yeah, I don't know. The names are hard to remember, and I'm. And it, I don't it's, think it's a great show, but I am really enjoying it. It's like yeah, it's a breezy hour. It it is the X. It's it, it is Penny Dreadful if they were doing yes the X Men instead of Gothic horror. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I'm fine with that. Mm, me too. Uh, I did miss uh, Nick Frost this week. Yeah, his oh, he's always he's always a good addition. But so we find out there's another so bad guy. What are the big reveals? Uh. Wait, who is the other bad guy? Well, Lavinia. Oh, Lavinia, oh right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, and, and, and the other big reveal is that Amalia is like Molly, and she knew Malady, who was Sarah, and like they have a history together. Oh, right. right. They used to be friends um, at some point. A long time ago. But she isn't actually a shapeshifter, because that's that was just crazy talk for you change friends. Yes. Right. Right. Um, because I was going to be like, how many powers does Amalia True have? Like, no, no, no. She doesn't actually shed her skin. That's just... Uh, oh, one thing I was curious about in this episode. This is just a plot thing. But um, in the big climax where they do the uh, the Joker thing with the, who are you going to save? Which one? Blah, blah, yeah. blah. Um, uh-huh. And I was thinking, like, is this Dark Knight? And uh, <laughs> Victorian Dark Knight. It's all it's all, it's all all comics. Don't it's worry all about comics. It. Um, <laughs> But the the woman who can throw fire yes. attacked Malady, or like prevented Malady from a, from attacking Amalia further. Right. Right. Yes. But was there a was there a hint? There was no hint of that before then, right? There was. So. Oh, okay. So well, well here. So here was the thing. Um, 
because actually like Juan turned to me and had the same thing. Like, why did she just do that? Like they could have just killed her and moved on. And I was like, look, I think that was, and I think it could have been set up better, but in the earlier scene where she's talking to Malady, um, so this is Bonfire Annie, I think is her Mm -hmm. name. And she kind of goes like, uh, I can have a, I can have a crazy boss, but I can't have a stupid boss. Mm -hmm. So that's like, the whole thing is like, you can be eccentric, but like, don't do things that are going to get us caught. Mm-hmm. Like, don't be stupid. And so I think in that moment, the cops were coming. And that was the line that Annie drew. It was like, if you keep trying to fight, like, you're going to keep wailing on Amalia. Right. You're going to get caught by the cops. And we will all get caught by the cops. And that is the that is the line between crazy and stupid. To oh, her. so you think it was more like self-preservation? I think it was self-preservation. I okay. think that was the look that she gave. It was sort of mm-hmm. like, I'm going to I'm gonna distract you, and that's the sign. Like, like I am not going to be a part of this. We got to go. Right. Um, was that, I don't know that it was necessary, because, you know, it depends on what, what Malady was going to do next. Was she just right. going to, like, slit Amalia's throat and run off? In which case, they would have been fine on time. Right. They could have got out. She was going to sit there and, and keep fighting her then yeah they would have gotten caught oh, okay so, interesting because yeah, I, didn't, I, I didn't know i didn't know how to read it i was just like wait is she is she on did she flip sides that i and i missed something or i mean the one thing that i did remember was that she they they talk about her as like being a, a hired gun um, right and that she's not part of like their cause with the the other people mentioned um so i thought maybe there was just some Maybe it was like, this is too far for her. And she's like this, or, you know, I don't know. And maybe, oh, yeah. Maybe it's that too. I I could be reading it wrong. I don't know. I, uh, just real quickly, um, and I didn't realize this because he doesn't look like himself, but Frank Mundy, the inspector? Yeah. Do you, that's Ben Chaplin, if you know who Ben Chaplin is. It is? Yes. I had no idea until this moment. That is, wow. I, look. And, and if, you, if you don't know who Ben Chaplin is, look up Ben Chaplin. You're like, oh, that guy. Oh, my God. <laughs> holy shit. Man, you know, mutton chops. They just. <laughs> they, yeah. Change they a, do a number on you. <laughs> um, look, I still can't get over uh, seeing the dude from Preacher with a full head of hair. Like, oh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Like Pip Torrens. Pip Torrens. just fantastic. <laughs> he's wonderful and everything. But yeah, like every time he's on screen, I just laugh. Like I can't help it. Like he's just all I can think about is Preacher. So anyway, I don't know. Was there anything else? No, no, I think that I was, think that's, no, that was pretty, that was pretty much it. it. Yeah. Um, oh, and, there was and, another... and they have like zombie slaves trying to dig up the orb that's probably from the uh, Stardust uh, thing. Yeah, the space fish or oh, whatever, yeah. skyfish. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, so uh, after after the so the the scientist who is Franco uh, O'Hara. Yeah. O'Hara. What? Or, no. Doctor Haig. Yeah. Yeah. What is the actor's name though? Dennis O'Hara. Dennis O'Hara. I was like, not the poet, the actor. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, yeah. So he he's the one that was doing the experiments trying to find like where in the body they're touched. So we saw that at the end of the pilot, but in this episode, you find out that when he fails, he just continues to lobotomize them and turn them into zombies. Right. 
which is very sad, uh, which is also weirdly kind of what happened on Invincible last week. Oh, I'm behind on Invincible, but... Oh, shit. Anyway. That's fine. <laughs> nothing Nothing happens. And I won't fine. remember. And nothing really happens. bloody this week. Woo. But it was Ezra Miller. It's <laughs> <laughs> so fucked up. Anyway, uh, it's going to be, yeah. Um, I so look forward to seeing it and not remembering that any of the stuff. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, speaking of moving right along, shows with superpowers. We're we're we're. This is good. We're we're actually yeah, yeah. not not that transition. I mean, like this is good. Like we're we're making good time. Um, oh, well, now you've just much, derailed us. We're never gonna. Yes, I have. Uh, I had had to be done. Uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, episode five. Uh, one episode left, which will be this week, um, and it was really good. <laughs> like, really good. <laughs> All of a sudden, the show got good. <laughs> um, also, fine. I guess Sam can be Captain America, and it's not the end of the world. It's fine. I love how my predictions from last week about how like he shouldn't take it just got blown out of the water. Well, it's still there's still one episode left, but um, but yeah, it seems like it seems like that's not going to happen. Um, and he left the wings uh, for Joaquin. Joaquin, who is, uh, I guess, in the. I mean, I didn't know this. I've only read this elsewhere, but he becomes Falcon in the comics. Yeah. So that's yeah. something that's maybe being set up. That can um, be set up. Um, and but I mean, the big thing is Julia Louis Dreyfus. That's right. As Madame Hydra. Contessa, some, some. Yeah, uh, the Contessa. So in the comics, it's Selena Meyer. Selena Meyer is <laughs> literally. So in the comics, she was another spy that was like a longtime romantic partner of Nick Fury. Right. And then you end up finding out that she was a double agent um, mm-hmm. and was was one of, like, secretly Hydra. Um, so that's awesome. She's going to be great. I'm really excited that, that she's there. you think she will play into that new Marvel series with Amelia Clark? Uh, she might, yeah. So they've been casting mm-hmm. for Secret Invasion. Um, her character, I think, played a part. In, in that comic arc, although they're already kind of setting her up at a different point, so I don't know um, how she would tie in, it, if at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just feels like, uh, whatever, what, the MCU phase, are they, they're going into four, but it feels like phase three is sort of playing out on uh, Disney+, Plus, and then like they're going, phase four is in theaters. Well, I question that because I think I, I do think it's all tied in because I do think that it depends on what phase four really is about. And I do think it's about the the changeover of heroes and that's mm-hmm. happening on the Disney Plus shows as well. Right. Right. Because every single movie that's gonna be coming is essentially introducing I it seems like introducing new heroes or handing over the reins, like passing right. it along. So, like, they, they're basically, they have to set up what their next big, like, arc is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more interested in the fact that Secret Inv- Invasion is being done as a TV series 
because that to me would be another Infinity War level crossover event. Right. Oh. Because um, that was that was a huge event in the comics um, that crossed every title. Because you basically find out that a bunch of heroes that you've been reading um, had been aliens the whole time. Ooh. But I think that also is indicative of the fact that the comics, um, in the comics, the Skrulls were much more uh, the villain, like much more clear cut. Like they were also looking for a home, but they were they weren't ever really like you weren't totally sympathetic to them the way that they Mm -hmm. were like they were introduced and like the twist in captain marvel is that they aren't the enemy they're actually sympathetic um so i'm wondering if like the way that that plays out is the reason why it's like you know gonna be a tv show because maybe they're not the problem (laughs) i don't know i don't know man um, but yeah, it's like they, in the comics, it's like they kidnap a bunch of heroes. And so like they have been taken off world and replaced. And so like a ship crashes and it's all these heroes come out. But from that, like they haven't been on Earth for like a year or two. So they have no idea what's been going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like it, all the love lives were like, you know, people had have gotten married. But now like they had married a scroll. So like the new, the hero comes back and is like, what? Or, you know. <laughs> It's drama. Right. It's high drama. Right. Um, um, any, but that's secret. That's not. Yeah, that's coming up. That's not. Um, yeah. That's not Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, I'm still. I, it's fascinating. And also what else? Olivia what Coleman else happened? Uh, I I was I did like the way that they handled uh, John Walker. Um, yeah. And that you know I mean obviously we still hate him as the the character not the actor, uh, <laughs> but the uh, but I mean just the. Um, you know, the way that there's, he does have, you know, he has a point when he's like, this is what I was trained to do. And like, right. now you're uh, cutting me off because, you know, because it looks bad, basically. Um, so it makes sense why he is, uh, what, you know, why he's turning into evil uh, captain. And, uh, oh, and we got a mid credit scene where he's making his own shield, which... Couldn't possibly be as good as the regular shield, right? Because isn't that vibranium? vibranium? Yeah. Um, no, his shield but, is gonna suck. Yeah, yeah but you know, he's like but he's pounding some steel. I mean, what he's the now hell? he's now gonna be real, really like full on cosplay Captain America. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, What's his name? U.S. Agent. Yeah. So I think yeah, they're setting him on the path to being like not Captain America, but like knockoff Captain America, which was U.S. Right. Agent. Right. Um. And but that is yeah. So he was recruited. Um, that was what Julia Louis Dreyfus's character shows up. She's like, I think you were right. Like, mm-hmm. you did the right thing. Anyway, call me and like hands him a business card. Um, so he he may be getting jobs out of her. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also I think the other big reveal like because this this episode was all it was it was sort of the fallout for John Walker, but it was also Sam trying to make the decision. So he, he gets the right. shield back and it's him trying to decide like, you know, where does he go from, from here? Right. And so he goes back and talks to Isaiah Bradley. Um, and that was a brutal conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He basically gets the, without, uh, without Bucky around, he's able to have like the, hear the full story of what happened uh, to Isaiah. And it's, 
it was, I mean, I think it was really clever. Like they basically give him a story that mirrors what happened to Steve Rogers, Mm -hmm. where it's like his active heroism was going across enemy lines to save a bunch of, of soldiers and bring them to safety uh, before, because they were just going to get, I think, killed um, by the U.S. side. Right, to protect them, I mean, to to, uh, prevent them from being basically studied because they had super soldiers. Right, they had all been gotten the serum. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he he found out that the U.S. was going to, like, just kill them all to to cover cover the evidence. So he goes and saves them, which is just what happened in in First Avenger. Um, Captain America, like, goes across enemy lines and saves a bunch of soldiers. Um, but he he was hailed as a hero, and and Isaiah ended up getting locked up for thirty years, and all of the other soldiers died anyway, and he was experimented on. Um, so he, you know, it's a real kind of like the country is not ready for a black super a black uh, Captain America, and nor would any self respecting black man want to be Captain America because this is the the legacy of this country, right? Um, and so it was it was very brutally and honestly put and it was the kind of you know thing that Sam I I thought it was a a very good scene because it, it then it lays out all the it helps lay out all the reasons why like that we haven't seen Sam grapple with as much up until this point right I think you know you can kind of assume it was happening in the background and maybe he considered it, but it really like makes the point. Um, and then it was followed up with the, with Bucky kind of acknowledging that like, you know, I, he didn't realize all of that had happened and maybe it wasn't fair for him and, and Steve to just expect that Sam right. would take up the shield. Like right. that wasn't and for fair. Them to, and for them to have kind of like the, the view that like, Oh, of course, like what, why would this be a problem? Why would this be like, that is another sign of privilege, you know? And, right. and so, and that's coming from two men with superhero serum, <laughs> looking at a black right. man who does not have any of that, you know, right. <laughs> and just going, yeah, you'll be the new symbol. Um, mm. but it also means that, you know, Sam's decision, it's, it is well considered. You can't say that he hasn't taken all of this into consideration, Right. Um, so him choosing it is kind of to carve out his own path. Um, so it was the episode that you needed to have. I think it's really interesting that it <laughs> came in episode five. Right. Well, it's funny because it, yeah, because it, it means that the whole series is really about this. More this than, one, yeah. I mean, as much as anything else. When, like, you, yeah, I, I, I think maybe the expectation was that that might be at the latest, maybe like the midpoint. And then, and then we'd get like a couple hours of, of adventures once he's like new captain. But, right. Um, but it means like all the stuff, the flag smashers, like he's going to deal with them next, next week. Like that will right. be the climax, but the climax is the attention isn't on, I don't think like their political argument right. so much as right. it is like finally showing Sam fighting as Captain America. Right. Like it's, and redeeming that name. And again, right. it goes back to the whole thing of like, I, I now I kind of understand why they needed the show just to like have to actually grapple with the idea of like how how do you how do you introduce a black soup, uh, a black Captain America mm-hmm. and having to unpack all of that. I think they kind of added a little with the flag smashers and some of the other enemies like they 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 had a little bit too much going on if that was ultimately the focus. Mm-hmm. Um. 
but I, I can kind of sympathize more with why they couldn't just have Steve hand Sam the shield at the end of the end game and just be like, <laughs> right. and that's there it. You go. <laughs> Nothing right. more to say. <laughs> right. Um, um, the other thing about this episode that I really loved was just like the, I mean, you know, you get the, you get the, uh, the opportunity to do something like this when you've already done a lot of other, you know, honestly like big action and like set pieces and all the, you know, fun, exciting stuff that people expect. But the fact that like this episode gets to be a, take a step back, slower episode, a lot of kind of just hanging out, especially in like the middle third of it. Yeah. Um, But it's so refreshing and fun. And again, you, you get to do that because you've had so much other stuff already. Um, but didn't you also feel like I could have, like, if the whole, if six episodes had just been, like, Sam and Bucky on a boat? Right. Oh, I mean, of course. <laughs> but, but, but you know, it is still a Marvel show, and it's still in this universe, and they have to punch somebody. Um, but, like, you know, the two of them, like, when they had that big conversation uh, between Sam and Bucky, it's them, like, throwing the shield as practice. Like, they're basically having a catch. Like, that's... That's literally what that scene is. Yeah, and it's so good. Uh, and I, but I also appreciate that the the question is never really whether Bucky could be Captain America, right? Like he's play, he's keeping up. Like he can obviously use the shield too, right? Um, but there's never it's that's never really considered, right? It's never been like why am I not. Right, yeah. it's not not a competition. Right. Which is nice. Huh. Um, um, Dustin, what did you think? Did you have any questions? Uh, <laughs> I liked it a lot. Um, I like that uh, the MCU is tackling race in a way that I would not have expected. Uh, I don't know what the finale will be about because the Flag Smashers seem sort of like, uh, I don't know, they've, they don't. They don't seem that significant anymore. Yeah. I mean, I like the, the what's her face from uh, Rogue One, but um, yeah, they don't. There's not a lot of weight. I, I I would much prefer it be a like a face off with a U.S. agent at this point. Yeah. Well, but he's still gonna. I mean, he'll be there in some form. I'm sure he'll right. show up. Yeah. I think it's it is tricky. Like they. I think it almost needed to be two shows. Like you, you need the storyline delving into the actual impacts of Mm -hmm. the snap and like the return of everyone after five years. Um, because that, I, I like that they kind of nod to the fact that like, this wasn't an easy reintegration. Like this screwed up some like serious geopolitical stuff. Um, but you're not getting any real depth on that. And that, and it's a, it's a disservice to the, I mean, the flag smashers end up seeming fairly shallow. I mean, right. it just kind of childish. Whereas, um, and it, yeah, like you're saying, it's not the actors, like it's, they just, and, and yeah, yeah, that, that is part of the bummer because that, that storyline felt like it could be, I think you're right that like in another show or in a show with, yeah, in a different show that could be, uh, highlighted in a way that, you know, you'd really feel, even though, you know, you're obviously going to root for your heroes, um, you would feel conflicted right. uh, or more conflicted about it. But, um, you know, here at the point that we're at, it's really just like, well, 
there's going to be people getting punched. Uh, yeah, and because the few times that they've had like the the kind of confrontations mm-hmm. um, and really tried to like stack the ideologies against each other, the the only conflict was like Sam going, "Yeah, I agree with you, but you just need to not kill people." Right. <laughs> and so it just it really kind of deflated. Like, I kind of was, I thought it was going to be a bigger thing. And then when they had that conversation and that was like basically what he came down on. And I was like, I mean, you're not wrong, but that just deflates all of this buildup. Right. It makes it seem. (sighs) Okay. Uh, Is it a dumb question to ask what's in that suitcase? Oh, I think it's going to be the one from Wakanda. At the end of the episode that he opened up, but I think it's his new. Sure. I think it's supposed to be his new outfit, like his new mm-hmm. costume. Yeah. Oh, okay. And the, I don't know. I I this was I, I'm blanking on who wrote this, but it was in some recap I read uh, that the because it's Wakandan, it can be, it can have the technology of like the. Uh, force absorbing thing like black panther suit so that's right. how that's how he can get away how that's how he can become captain america without super serum without the serum yeah yeah which makes a lot of sense yeah i see also um do we care who the power broker is anymore is that a thing still so i've heard a couple theories it is a thing and they will have to reveal it and so some people are wondering although i think it's not wondering uh if it's sharon carter mm-hmm um, cause she's definitely kind of sketchy, but it doesn't seem like she's that sketchy. Right. Uh, it could be Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Um, mm-hmm. but the other theory is that it's, it's uh, William Hurt, who was, um, General Thunderbolt Ross. Um, which, so he hasn't been in the show yet, but he's the one who was forcing the Avengers to sign the Sokovia Accords. And yeah, he's the one from, that. from Incredible Hulk. So, because again, in the comics, he, he ends up, cause they, they, what do they say? Aren't they taking somebody to the raft? Uh, they're taking, uh, oh, in the comics? No, 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 no. In, in the show? They're yeah. taking Zemo. Oh, right. So they're taking Zemo to the raft. So, um, so the raft is like like a prison, right? So remember in civil war, Dan wouldn't, which I've definitely seen, definitely seen, but, uh, so in civil war, when there's a scene where like all of captain America's fighters, (laughs) like his team gets captured except for cap and Bucky. Um, so it's like uh, Hawkeye and, and Wanda, like everyone gets yeah, captured yeah, and they're, yeah. they're sent to the raft and then Tony breaks oh, them out. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Right. So the raft is supposed to be sort of the, uh, the Rikers, uh, for superheroes or uh, for, for super powered villains. Um, but it's kind of like in the water, um, under, underwater. So it would be harder to escape from, uh, so when they say they're sending, uh, Zemo to the raft, uh, I think the idea is that if the power broker is, Thunderbolt Ross, uh, he may be forming his own team. He could get Zemo from there and possibly other villains, and he would be forming his own alternate team of Avengers, uh, which is something that happens in the comics, where it's a bunch of villains who change their identity enough 
to pass as superheroes until mm-hmm. all the superheroes realize like, oh shit, you're Baron Zemo. <laughs> like you're <laughs> not. <laughs> um, so, uh, so that, yeah, there's, there's a theory that maybe they bring back William Hart for that. Oh, okay. Uh, that did remind me of a question that I had, which was what, so Sharon was on the phone with, uh, George St. Pierre. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Batrock is now working with the Flag Smashers. So, yeah. But, but that also so meant that she's been paying him. Yeah. Right, but she was also that. I mean, she was also involved with in that conversation. It comes up that she was involved with the 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 uh, heist that or the kidnapping that uh, Sam thwarted at the beginning. Right. So, does that make her a bad guy? Well, or I think that's a question. Gray area. Yeah, I mean that's why it's like she could be the power broker if she's a bad guy. Like maybe. Mm-hmm. Um. It just doesn't quite track because it's like if she was, then why was she helping them right. so much? Because she doesn't right. really need to maintain that cover. Right. So it's more like is she becoming kind of another Nick Fury where she does some very, very shady shit for a, a, a bigger plan? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe she's a power broker. <laughs> well, <they've> <laughs> there's a one, lot they're going to have to answer in the last episode. They've got one episode, episode left to tell us, so... <laughs> Um, I'm really worried about the boat, though. I'm I'm glad they're keeping it. <laughs> yeah, they fixed it. Right? They fixed it. Oh, and yeah. s- and Bucky's gonna have to admit that he killed that guy's son. Oh yeah. Oh that'll no. Be, that'll be oh, sad. No. That's gonna be super sad. Oh yeah. Um. Well, we'll definitely cover it next week. I'm sure. Uh, no, let's just cover every week, but skip the finale. <laughs> Who knows? We might have a lot to talk about next week. Maybe That's we right. maybe That's we have right. nothing to say about the family. We're like, well, that ended, and that uh, ended. We'll never. Let's talk about made for love again. Exactly. <laughs> um, uh, we we will have games in the future, but not today. Uh, will we? We will. I promise. Right. Uh, we've had uh, a couple of uh, a couple of loyal listeners have said, "Where is the game? Bring back the game," uh, and we will. Just not today because <laughs> ducks or doctors in, volume two <laughs> ducks or doctors volume two or we're also you know the time zones are very different it's very disorienting um we may we may or may not maybe js could come before. up with a game for us uh and then come on the podcast to play with us that is just uh, a thought just a thought i mean i'll sure i don't have a problem with that but uh i i, I do have a game that, oh, but okay. We're not okay. gonna play it tonight. But Rabbit hole the, game? so that's only one week. Rabbit hole game. Um, no, I, I have two games. Uh, and Tori, you have yours <laughs> I do in have the future. Mine. Yes. Um, but we'll get out to all that next week, or you know, eventually. Uh, that's the show. Um, we. This is pretty. Good. I'm pretty impressed with how much we covered in we an s- hour. Because we're very uh, focused, and we're very. We are. I think it has to do with uh, one of us. Not being drunk, maybe that's what we need. Which one? Uh, <laughs> you? I You're never it, the distraction. No, um, really no. Not. But uh, in any event, uh, <laughs> that's it. See you next week. Have a good night. Da ba ba da da da. <laughs>
Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da